I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Yo, what's good? What's happening, Rush Nation? We're back. Welcome to episode 82 of Five Yard College. I say we're back because he's back. Middle Earth has released our ash. Welcome back, my man. How was Middle Earth? How are you? Yeah, it was delightful as always. Um, <laughs> I, I'm doing good, though. Doing good. Glad to be back in good old Somerset and, and back on the podcast. It's been a couple of weeks since we've spoken to each other because obviously... You went air the week before last, so exactly. And I there was uh, it was it was a little bit up in the air whether I was going to make tonight with my wife contracting COVID yesterday. So we went down your way. Ironically, we didn't go down to Devon for two years because we didn't want to take COVID down. Yeah, to see Emma's mum, and then we go down to Devon for unfortunately Emma's mum's funeral, and Emma gets COVID down there at the funeral of Emma's mum. So if there was ever irony to be had, that was that was it right there. But we're both here. It's episode 22. The season is finished. The Natty's done. That's well in our rearview mirrors now. It's draft season, baby, and the top 100 starts today. We'll get to that a little bit later, Ash. I'll let you tell any new listeners that might have jumped on board since the last top 100 what that is all about when we get to it. We've got a bit of news and transfers to get to first, a few declarees, and then the big time 100 starts. Let's hit the first bit of news. Chip Kelly has agreed to a new four-year deal with UCLA. Kelly had one year left on his previous deal and is coming off as his best finish with UCLA this season with an 8-4 and four record, and that's since 2018. So, big news for Chip Kelly and UCLA. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I think it was only last season that there was rumours that they were going to be getting rid of him. He stayed on. He, they they improved greatly this year, um, and yeah, he's he's staying in town for another four years um, with this new contract. I think I don't know. It's still surprising. Um, he's not had the best of times in his tenure there. I think he's eighteen and twenty five is his record in four seasons so far. So it's not the sort of thing you really expect to see from UCLA, but there has been improvements this season in particular. The the squads, the roster's looking in a relatively good shape. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the quarterback, is staying next season, as is um, Zach Charbonnet, the transfer um, junior running back, is is deciding not to um, declare for the draft and, and staying for one more year. So they've got their running back quarterback tandem. Um, yeah, it's going to be hopefully, I mean, an, an improvement on them for, for 2022. Yeah, I mean, Zach Charbonnet deciding to return to school is against the grain of most people's thought process. I know Jord had already written up his player profile for the website, and unfortunately, now we can't use that. So it just highlights how difficult, not difficult, but how challenging the doing hundreds and player profiles and stuff like that can be, because it's you're constantly having to stay on top of it, constantly having to repair holes that are left by players returning to school or not declaring and and stuff like that so it's uh it's tricky to say the least moving on iowa have extended kirk ferentz contract by four years through 2029 that feels like a long long time away ash continuing the longest tenured active fbs coach ferentz finished his 23rd season with a 10 and 4 record and a bowl game lost to kentucky so uh, kirk ferentz is going nowhere yet again no, he's sticking around for a good few more years, and uh, get we getting close to his thirtieth uh, year when he when it, when that goes when that contract expires. A uh, good, good year from them. They they started off on fire as we as we well documented in previous podcasts. Number two ranked <laughs> at one point, took a little bit of a dip, and unfortunately ended the year with that bowl game loss. But Ferentz. Role, like what he's done there has been incredible through through his tenure. He's got 178 wins to 110 losses. Bowl games are a bit of interest interesting for, for for him and Iowa. He's been to 18 as the Iowa head coach. He's got a nine and nine record, but he has led Iowa to 10 top 25 finishes in the AP rankings. So he's done a really impressive job there and regularly. Um, the conveyor belt of players from Iowa going into the NFL um, under Ferentz. And that that's going to continue this year. With uh, when we get into the uh, when we get into our top 100, we're going to see a few more guys um, in 2022 in the NFL. once again, he's but yeah, he's done an incredible job. And 23 years at one um, program is an incredible achievement in itself. But to be successful majority of his tenure there, yeah, he's he's done a great job to date. Yeah, I mean, we see it when teams get offered in the NFL. They offer coaches 10 year deals like. Gruden and Rule and stuff like that and, and they pretty much never come to fruition so for him to be into his 23rd, 24th season next year is is a remarkable feat in itself and then yeah unfortunately Iowa became part of the five yard curse <laughs> of the college podcast where we talk about somebody in, in a good light and the next week or so they dramatically fall away or completely disappear completely so yeah it's, it's a, a big move for Iowa, and, and as you say, we'll see a few of their players later on. Todd Graham has re-signed as the univer- resigned, sorry, as the University of Hawaii's football head coach, stepping down amid controversy after completing the second year of a five-year contract. 
Graham resigned a week after former players and some parents testified before a state ledger, legislative hearing criticising the coach management style and relationships with players. That seems like a huge thing to do, to go and testify in a hearing about a coach's managerial style and relationship with players. So it must have been bad because more than a dozen players have entered the transfer portal. Graham gave up a 1.275 million buyout by resigning and assistant coach Jakob Yoro will serve as interim head coach while the school searches for a replacement. So not good news. This this doesn't sound like a good thing at all, Ash, for Todd Graham. No, not at all. As you said, um, allegations of misconduct between the way he tracked the players and um, obviously, yeah, there was a hearing. It all came out start of December. Uh, for a couple of former players basically went onto Twitter, that the, the new Twitter space discussion that's, uh, that, that, that Twitter brought out and uh, <laughs> made the allegations initially. And it got, as you say, all the way to a, a hearing and um, yeah, it resulted in obviously Graham leaving. Um but yeah, 17 players entered the transfer portal since November. So there was clearly something up. And obviously, despite Hawaii staying supportive of Graham throughout the, the whole proceedings, um, he's decided to to resign. Probably, I'd say probably before he was pushed after after a hearing. It's always uh, it's always difficult waters for a, for a coach to remain. So yeah, he's decided to uh, walk before he was pushed. I can imagine. I wonder if we see any of the people entering the portal jump back to Hawaii with with the news that Graham's gone. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Right, let's talk some transfers, Ash. One of the standout players in the Pac-12 this year, Oregon's running back Travis Dye, is reportedly entering the transfer pool. Dye was the leading Pac-12 scrimmage yardage leader with 1,673 yards. 1,271 of those were rushing, 402 receiving. They had 18 touchdowns. He is reportedly weighing up staying in college for his final year or declaring early for the 2022 draft. So if he did declare, I think that's both Oregon running backs, Die and Vidal entering the draft this year. It is, yeah. Yeah. Um, if he declares, then they're both in the draft. If he doesn't, I mean, it looks like he's he's going to be transferring. So it's quite a, a big shock, to be honest. New, new head coach in town. Obviously, Vidal injured a lot of last year and now leaving. This was Dai's role. This was his final time. Like this was next year, on top of what he already did this year, to to really make a name for himself as the the main guy in in Oregon. But I mean, he may he may take the opportunity to go straight in to the draft. He's got until the end of the day today um, to declare. Uh, that's just a, an insight for for any listeners. The Monday, the seventeenth, when we're when you when we're recording this, is the deadline for undergraduates to declare for the draft. So we could still hear Dai's name go into the uh, the NFL draft, but if not, it looks like he's um, going to finish his career in college at another program, which I find very surprising. Yeah. So as Ash said, there will be news breaking between when we record this and when the podcast is released. So obviously, don't hold us accountable for the time space <laughs> continuum that we are not in for that one. But yeah, interesting one. I wonder whether Mario Cristobal's de- departure from Oregon was perhaps the reason for that with him heading down to Miami or, I mean, he had an absolutely stellar year as we've seen. And I don't know whether something happened to make him think that with players entering the draft, there'll be openings in teams that could showcase his skills better perhaps, or 
I don't know, but we see the big schools where they have freshmen and stuff like that, five-star high school recruits coming in. So for him to leave a position that was locked in and, and his and his due to not only merit, but being the lead back in the stable as well, it's a big decision for Travis Dye. And I, I personally think by the end of today, we'll see him in the draft rather than, than transferring because it doesn't, well, for me, it wouldn't make sense to do so the other way around. No, it's a good opportunity for him after the year he had. And if he, if he, I think the, the, the backfield in Oregon is, is quite crowded um, for next year. Uh, but Dye is the standout now Vidal's gone. So he could still well stay. Dan Lanning is, is said in his press conference on Friday that he wants to keep as many of the players that are on the roster there. Um, there are a number of players that are in the transfer portal, but obviously they've now got a new head coach in, in Dan Lanning and he wants to keep hold of them. So it's quite a head scratcher, but I would, if I was going to lean one way or the other, I would say he'd be going into the draft, but it's weird for him to, to, to enter the portal with the draft still being an option. Do you think he's given him, he's given himself the best of both worlds with that one entering the portal? Okay. Like he's, he's maybe leaning towards entering the draft, but he's thought, well, maybe let's see if anyone offers me anything just before I, I get in. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I think I think that's probably what it is. Yeah, keep keeping his options open. So exactly. it's, that seems to be the uh, the way he's going. Somebody who hasn't kept his options open has committed to another team is running back Noah Kane. He's committed to LSU following three seasons at Penn State. Kane is returning home as a native of Baton Rouge. So big time news for LSU considering some of their losses. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a big, big addition for LSU. And uh, I'm not surprised with this one from Noah Kane. He started the year as the starting running back, but he quickly started to lose snaps to Kayvon Lee. Um, Lee uh, Kane continued to be the starter, but his a lot of his work was eaten into. I think they, across 13 games, finished with about the same attempts, 100 and so attempts between them. And Lee was the the more impressive of the two, in my opinion, at least. Anyway, so he doesn't sounds like he doesn't want to have another battle like that um, next season. And as you say, LSU have lost a a number of players, and the job is is potentially there for him to win because I can't remember the um, the running back uh, Prince Davis uh, Davis Prince sorry um has from LSU has declared for 2022 so there is a the, the spot is open there at the running back position and it's uh, it, it may well be Canes to lose cool and then finally Alabama tight end Jahil Billingsley has announced his transfer to Texas for the 2022 season Billingsley is re- reuniting with Sarkeesian at Texas after struggling to make an impact in 2021 under Nick Saban starting only one game. Yeah. Wow, I didn't realise. Hey, he played in the Natty though, didn't he? Uh, he did, yeah. He did. Um, he, he was involved in um, most of the games for Bama this year, but he only started, as he was only a starter in one of those. Um, but he, he had limited work. He only finished with... 17 receptions i believe on the year it just i don't know what happened because the his um sophomore year as when sarkeesian was there as the oc that he looked like he was going to be ready for a breakout year in 2021 and then just it just didn't seem to happen whether he's fallen out with saban or the or, or he didn't get along well with bryce young and, and that had an impact on it it's it's a strange one um that that this has transpired. Cameron Leitu, the 
um, tight end for um, Alabama was the the main guy for them this year, which I, I think a lot of people found surprising over Billingsley. Yeah, and he he was the main guy in the natty once Jameson Williams went out injured. Yeah, so not surprising. Yeah. Texas is it's a it's a it's a big get for Texas if Sarkeesian can get what he got out of him in his sophomore year at Bama. He'd be a great addition for them. They got some pieces down there now at Texas. Yeah, some 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 really big pieces on offense. Right, let's do, get to some declarees. As I mentioned, Jameson Williams, Alabama, Alabama's wide receiver Jameson Williams and offensive tackle Evan Neal have both declared for the twenty twenty two draft. Not surprised of Evan Neal one tiny bit. Jameson Williams, I wasn't sure about because of his injury. Both are expected first-round players, with Neil in consideration for a top-five pick. I'd go so far as to say top three. Yeah, Williams' draft stock, as Jordan and I mentioned last week, may take a hit after it's announced that the injury sustained in the National t- uh, Championship game was a torn ACL. However, he is expected to make a full recovery, which is superb. And uh, also, following Jameson Williams, John Mechie the third and Slade Bolden have also declared. So some big-time places, uh, players from Bama entering the draft. Uh, and we're going to have to see those those sophomore and freshman wide receivers really step up for Alabama next year. Yeah, definitely. Losing three of their main wide receivers for this year. Obviously, Mechie went down injured. Um, oh, when did he? It was, was it in the, champ, the SEC Championship game that he yeah. went down? Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, they lost Jameson Williams to the Tony ACL as well. Slade Bolden's had a good, um, had a, had a good year for for Alabama. But as you say, it's going to be a an interesting year for them next year, but they're, they're a conveyor belt of talent. They're, they're going to have guys <laughs> lining up ready to go um, for next season. I can't I can't see it being a major issue, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see who Bryce Young's going to be going throwing the ball to with uh, Billingsley gone, Williams gone, Mechie, Bolden. Um, I mean, I couldn't... I think they've still got Ja'Curry Brooks, the freshman who looked impressive at times this year. Um, who else have they got? Jojo Earl, the another freshman. But again, these, these guys are younger. But they've they've had they've had appearances this year. They're going to be a year older, and there's always going to be guys that are going to step up for for Bama. So probably not too concerned. But three massive pieces there. Four, if it, well, four including Evan Neal on the on the offense that are, that are, that are leaving this year for for Bama. Yeah, isn't there a Hall guy as well? A wide receiver Hall, somebody Hall. Um. Can't think off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure he played in the natty. Anyway, talking of Bama, they're going to be keeping hold of four defensive starters after safeties Jordan Battle and DeMarco Hellams, linebacker Henry Toa 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 Yeah. Toa Toa, cool. And defensive lineman DJ Dale are all staying in school. So whilst they're losing positions on the offense, they're keeping hold of four starters, which is big time news for the Alabama defense. Yeah, and and to be honest, I mean Toa Toa, it's a little bit surprising that he's not declared. But Jordan Battle is very. I'm very surprised he's de- he's decided to uh, go back to school because he was one of the top safeties in this 2022 class, but. Um, He's yeah, go, going back to school for another year. So he could come out as the top safety in 2023 if he has another year like he did in uh, in 2022. Okay. Georgia's All-American linebacker Nicobe Dean has announced he is foregoing his senior year and is entering the 2022 draft. So 
Nakobe, I'm pleased you did that before we recorded this because that could have been a bit of news that we might have missed. Dean has an impressive junior year winning the Buckus Award, which is the top linebacker, along with the national championship. He is expected to be a first-round pick and the first linebacker off the board, Ash. Yeah, I think the, the year he's had with Georgia, not only winning the national championship, but the, the Buckus Award as the, the top linebacker, you just go and watch his tape, the, the Michigan game, the Natty. I mean, just go back and, and pick up a, a Georgia game and, and watch N'Kobe Dean. He's been phenomenal this year. And I I would be very shocked if he is now, if he isn't the first linebacker off the board. Devin Lloyd is, is in consideration for that as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, N'Kobe Dean has just had a phenomenal season. And... Uh, I think wherever he lands in, in the NFL, he's going to be a, an impressive talent. And re- for, unsurprising that he's that he's declared off the back of that year. Yeah, not at all. Okay, Ash, we've spent the last 19 minutes talking through the news. People didn't come for the news this week. They've come for the top 100. Let's do it. If, if you are new Rush Nation to the top 100, Ash, what do people need to know about this? So the top 100 um, is essentially the, the the top 100 players of the of the 2022 draft. The 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 it, it's I wouldn't say it will tally up exactly to what our mock drafts look like because of course they're based on team needs etc. But this is the top 100 best players uh, in our opinion um, that are going to be in the 2022 draft. This is a consensus. Um, combined top 100 from from a lot of the writers. Last year we had five or six of us doing it, and I think the same again this year. There's six or so of us that have given our individual top 100s, and then um, the, as a result, this is the the combined of of all of us. So, um, if you ask George, his may look slightly different to this um, and if, to uh, to mine. But this is what uh, we've we've managed to come up with between all of us based on our own individual rankings, and it's always fun. If you look at um, if you look at any of the big time platforms, they have their own big boards. They call them uh, top one hundred down to top three hundred, depending on where you look. That breaks down all of the best players, and this is our version of that. And following on from this, there'll be player um, reviews of each of these players that are in the top one hundred for a, a bit more of a deep dive into them individually. There draft profile and their draft stock and where we expect them to go and a lot of information but a lot of work goes into this as well yeah we should we should mention who's done these the this is part of this first 100 is ash obviously jord jack and then Maze has come back and, and has, has submitted an entry for this 100 jake and i were supposed to have done it jake has been busy at work and i just didn't get round to it, so I apologise, Rush Nation. But my skewed offensive vision for the top 100 hasn't influenced this one. So expect the next one to look <laughs> slightly different as we go forward, because defensive players don't really get too much of my viewing. Well, they didn't last year. I don't know whether that will change. Ash, I do like the defensive side of the ball. I'm here to be to be swayed. It could well change, but with my. Oh, no, I mean that works out quite well because I'm more of the defensive side and and I say the defensive side and the offensive lineman, so you can you can take the the <laughs> offensive players. There we go. That suits me down to the ground. So what we're going to do, Rush Nation? Obviously, there's a hundred players. That's a lot to talk about in one podcast. 
we thought we'd run you through our initial 100 from 100 to 1. And then we'll talk about the top 10 in some... I say we will. Ash has made a load of notes. I'm going to let him take the top 10 because it would only be fair that I didn't steal his notes. And then I will... Uh, I'll, I'll pipe in if there's anybody that I feel needs to be to be touched on a little bit more. So, Ash, with you taking the top 10, yeah, I've done a quick calculation and I think I should do the first 10. Yes, I think that sounds right. If it, I mean, yeah, that looks right from the colouring on is, this that, Yeah, that, that's how I've worked out. I thought you were trying to do it as if we hadn't already decided who was doing what. <laughs> Well, no, you know, I wanted to, I wanted full transparency here as yes, we, of course, as we get to to the end because it would only be fair on your good self. Okay, at one hundred, how are we going to read these out? What would, how do you want me to read these out? Just name, position, and school. Yes, I would. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay, so at one hundred, we've got there's some serious names here. Rotation at one hundred is Javon Haley. Haley. Healy. Healy. Yeah. Uh, he's a wide receiver for Coastal Carolina. At 99, Zachary Carter, defensive tackle, Florida. 98, Smoke Monday, probably the best name in this draft, in case unless I come across another one, safety from Auburn. At 97, Rashid Walker, offensive tackle, Penn State. 96, Brian Azamoa, linebacker, Oklahoma. 95, Boye Mafe, edge, Minnesota. At 94, Verone McKinley, Safety, Oregon. 93, a name I know, Bailey Zapp, quarterback, Western Kentucky. That seems low for the man who just set loads of records for (laughs) the FDS. Uh, uh, 92, Cade Otten, tight end, Washington. And finally, Rashad White, running back, Arizona State at 91. (sighs) Good. No, that's good. I didn't butcher any of those names. Now it's my turn, and and I probably will butcher most of them. So (laughs) Number 83 is going to be a surprise how you reel off that one. Yeah, I know. I'm bracing myself for that one. (laughs) But in at 90, Lecticus Smith, offensive guard from Virginia Tech. At 89, and probably a bit low for for the moment, George Pickens, wide receiver Alabama. But of course, he's missed the whole year due to injury. That's always going to take... Well, and it's only just decided, I mean, he's only just declared, so that's probably retrospect of that unsure on his declaration, injury. I can expect him a lot higher when we uh, when we do these again. 88, Alec Lindstrom, offensive centre from Boston College. 87, Wondell Robinson, wide receiver, Kentucky. 86, Kobe Bryant, cornerback from Cincinnati. 85, Jackson Kirkland, defensive tackle from Washington. 84, Justin Ross, wide receiver from Clemson. Another injury probably had a big impact on that ranking. 83, Philandrian Mathis, defensive lineman from Alabama. 82, Chad Moomer, linebacker from Wyoming. And 81, Jerome Ford, running back from Cincinnati. Well done. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I would have got a slightly different... I I think I probably would have called Chad Mama, just because I think that would... Chad Mama. Yeah, Chad Mama's probably better, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, at 80, we've got Logan Hall, Edge from Houston. 79, Jamarie Salia, inside offensive lineman from Georgia. 78, Martin Emerson, cornerback, Mississippi State. 77, Michael McHale, Michael Wright. I'm going to go with Michael. Mikhail, even. Mikhail. Mikhail. Yeah. All right. Mikhail Wright, cornerback, Oregon. 76, Abraham Lucas, offensive tackle, Washington State. 75, Josh Job, cornerback, Alabama. 
Oh, pairing of Alabama guys here. Then we have 74, John Metchie, the third wide receiver, Alabama. 73, Arnold Abike, Ibikiti. Oh, yeah, there's some, yeah. I'll... Arnold Ibikiti, Edge, Penn State. 72, Thayer Munford, inside offensive line, Ohio State. And then 71, Jalen Pitchie, safety, Baylor. Yeah, again, John, Men- John Metchie, a lot like... Uh... Justin Ross and, and George Pickens. I think injuries having an, an, an impact on those and these initial rankings. Want to really see how they recover from those and if they can get to the combine. And then I think John Mechie and, and George Pickens in particular can probably uh, will probably be a bit higher when we come back and look at these. Did realise that I said George Pickens, Alabama. It's actually Georgia. So apologies to all of the Bulldogs out there, especially after just beating Bama in the uh, in the tight in the national title. But anyway, we move on to 70. It's Jermaine Johnson, edge from Florida State. 69, Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle from Georgia. 68, one of my favourite tight ends from last year is actually coming out this year. Charlie Collar, tight end, Iowa State. 67, Tyler Algier, running back from BYU. 66, Darion Kendrick, cornerback from Georgia. 65, Jarrett Patterson, centre from Notre Dame. 64, absolute man mountain. I think he's <laughs> six foot nine. Daniel Falele, offensive tackle from Minnesota. 63, Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver from South Alabama. 62, Haskell Garrett, defensive lineman from Ohio State. And 61, another national championship winner, Trayvon Walker, defensive tackle from Georgia. Yeah, Tyler Algier at 67. <laughs> I reckon I had a big impact on that, you know. I think my, you'd, I, on my individual one. I think you'd probably be higher if I'd have stuck my numbers in. I just had a <laughs> quick look back, Ash, at your uh, wide receiver rankings just to make sure you had Pickens above Mechie and also, um, oh God, who was the other wide receiver I mentioned before Pickens? Uh, Justin Ross, and you didn't. You had no. Pickens behind them both, which is I do at the moment, yeah. I can't. I just. I would. He, he only went in today, um, and I just want to know how he's recovered from his from his uh, injury. But I think he'll he'll go above Ross. Undecided on Mechi yet. I need to. Uh, I need to watch a bit more tape of the two of them. Fair play. At sixty, we've got Nick Benito, Edge, Oklahoma. Fifty-nine, Cameron Thomas, another Edge from San Diego State. At fifty-eight. Isaiah Spiller, running back, Texas A&M. 57, Desmond Ritter, quarterback, Cincinnati. Uh, 56, Kyler Gordon, cornerback, Washington. Bernard Raymond, offensive tackle, Central Michigan, go Chippewas. At 54, Sean Ryan, offensive tackle, UCLA. At 53, Lewis Sign, safety, Georgia. At 52, Romeo, Romeo Dubes, wide receiver, Nevada. And then following on from that at 51, Carson Strong, quarterback, Nevada. Yeah, big fan of Carson Strong, as, as a lot of people know. Um, yeah, I'm glad to see him. I'm glad to see him in the top 100. I'm, I'm not surprised that he's in the top 100, um, but I'm glad to see him there. A little bit low for me, personally. <laughs> um, however, I'll, I'll, I'll forgive everybody else. He's still not my top quarterback, though. I have got one quarterback above him on my own individual rankings. But anyway, sorry, we transgress. We are doing the combined top 100. 
At 50, Sam Williams, edge from Ole Miss. 49, Trey McBride, tight end from Colorado State. 48, Malik Willis, quarterback from Liberty. 47, Kyron Williams, running back from Notre Dame. 46, Perion Winfrey, defensive lineman from Oklahoma. 45, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, offensive tackle from Ohio State. 44, Brandon Smith, linebacker from Penn State. 43, Isaiah Likely, tight end from Coastal Carolina. 42, Drake Jackson, edge from USC. And at 41, the highest ranked tight end, Jalen Weidemeyer from Texas A&M. Love that. Love that. At 40, oh, by the way, I've just had a look who you've got as your number one quarterback and I'm, it's it's a bold play. Ash, bold play. I'm a big fan of it, by the way, but I think it's bold. (laughs) I think it's a bold play. At 40, Roger McCreary, cornerback, Auburn, 39. Christian Harris, linebacker, Alabama, 38. Sam Howe, quarterback, UNC. Ash is shaking his head for those listening on the audio platform. 37. Zion Johnson, offensive guard, Boston College. 36. Darian Kennard, offensive tackle, Kentucky. 35. Kenneth Walker III, running back, Michigan State. That feels low, but anyway. 34. Trevor Penning, offensive tackle, Northern Iowa. 33. My Jay Sanders, edge, Cincinnati. 32, Jaquan Brisker, safety, Penn State. And then finally at 31, Brees Hall, running back, Iowa State. Yeah, I was shaking my head. I've got Sam Howell in the 90s, 80s, I think. Wowzers. Yeah. I like him, just not over most of the other quarterbacks that we've already mentioned. But anyway, yeah, I think... Uh, I probably, I don't know, Kenneth Walker, Bryce Hall, running backs this year, not 100% sold on any of them yet. I think the the positions are are comfortable for me in both of those. That's the order I've got them in as well. Yeah. I hope. Yeah, I definitely do. Yeah, Bryce Hall (laughs) and then Kenneth Walker. (laughs) Anyway, onto the top, well, onto 30 is Daxton Hill, safety from Michigan. 29, Trent McDuffie, cornerback from Washington. We've got a whole run of wide receivers in this 10. 28, Jaheen Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State. 27, David Bell, wide receiver, Purdue. 26, Kinsley Anagbar, edge from South Carolina. 25, Jameson Williams, who we spoke about earlier, wide receiver from Alabama. 24, Kenny Pickett, QB from Pitt. 23, Traylon Burks, wide receiver from Arkansas. 22, Kair Alam, cornerback from Florida. And 21, David Ojobo, edge from Michigan. Okay. So if this was the first round of the NFL, well, we yeah. would be into the first round of the NFL now. Yeah, so. yeah. David Ojabo at 21, that is, that is delightfully low for a player whose production this year was superb. Mm-hmm. Be a, a, talking of delightfully low at 20, we've got N'Kobe Dean, linebacker from Jordan, uh, Georgia, sorry. That yeah. that would be an absolute steal for me if you can get N'Kobe Dean or in next place up 19, Devin Lloyd, linebacker, Utah. They feel low considering the top linebackers in the last few years have been in five top 10 picks. I mean, these, these two have shown they, their pedigree. Yeah, they, they for across everybody's rankings... 
they're all around this sort of area. So they're, they're obviously the combined is is they're most they're a little bit higher. There's a couple that have pulled them down slightly, but yeah, I think it's for for either of them it would be a steal. But there's so many incredible players coming up that we that we haven't that we haven't spoke about yet. It's so difficult to to get the top twenty together, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah. What I'm hugely enjoying about this draft class that we not yet sold on but uh, are going to see is in previous years there's been players and it's been hyped up, you know, it's a quarterback class or there's players that are going to be they're going to be taken here or there. Whereas this year so far, apart from perhaps Kayvon Thibodeau early on in the year as, the, as number one or Spencer Rattler, but that was like, see you later. Um, this draft class is it's not understated, but it's it's underspoken of. So there's so many players in here that once we start talking about them and we'll have a little bit of tape and stuff, it would just it will be so much more exciting, which is great because we're not already sold as to who's going where yet, which I find really really good. Yeah. Um, at 18, we've got Ikem Akwonwu. Ekwonu? Ekwonu. Ekwonu. Ekwonu, yeah. Yeah. I, I know Ash is dedicated to his name, so when he says it, he just goes with it, whereas I like to <laughs> process mine and let you all know how wrong I was initially. Uh, inside offensive lineman from NC State. Next up, 17, my boy Drake London, wide receiver USC. I'm not going to comment on how low that is. But it's low rush nation. 16, Kenyon Green, offensive tackle, Texas A&M. 15, Chris Alavi, wide receiver, Ohio State. 14, Jordan Davis, defensive lineman, Georgia. 13, Andrew Booth Jr., cornerback, Clemson. That, that feels a little low for me. 12, Matt Corral, cornerback, Ole Miss. And then finally, at 11, Ahmad Gardner, cornerback, Cincinnati. Am I right in thinking he never allowed a touchdown in his entire college career? Yeah, it's correct, yes. We spoke, <laughs> we spoke about it in the Cincinnati Bama review. But yeah, he he is never he's never allowed a never allowed a touchdown against him, which yeah, is is crazy. He's a, such a great talent and unsurprisingly right there at 11. Most people are too low for you, but you do realise you can only have one person per position, right? Like, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm fully aware. <laughs> no, it's this, 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 this is exactly what I'm saying. I think any of those 10 that you've just said from 20 to 11 could be in the top 10 themselves. That, yeah. That's how close a lot of these rankings are. I think 10 that we're going to talk about in a minute is a prime example of that. You could literally put three or four different players in the same position that he plays at this at 10 and you probably wouldn't be too annoyed about it yeah but yeah well I mean you and I both said that well when we when we last spoke about Drake London we both had him as our number one wide receiver so for me I'm not going to ruin it but the player at number 10 is a wide receiver and for me that would be Drake London but well my individuals I've got Drake London um, uh, yeah, I've got Drake. I've got three wide receivers in a row. I've got Drake London, and then I've got the two Ohio State guys, Chris Olave, and our number ten, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver from Ohio State. I've literally got them seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. They're so close for me. I've got personal preference of Drake London, surprisingly considering the other two guys play for the school that I support. But yeah, personal preference for me is Drake London. But it's a, it's an absolute knife edge between the three of them. So. I've got no real complaints. I, I, I think the only complaint I have is how much higher Wilson is 
over everybody else. I think there's at 10, I would there's probably, for example, Amma Gardner. I would personally probably have no, not Amma Gardner, Andrew Booth. I would have at 10 over him. Um, Akeem Ekwunu, I would have over Garrett Wilson, but I can't also, I, I also can't complain about it. Garrett Wilson is one of the top wide receivers in this draft class, and I would be very shocked if he wasn't taken in the first round come April. Yeah, and we He's saw had, it last year. We, we saw it last year with the wide receivers going early. You, you, yeah, you just exactly. don't know how these teams value the position that they need. And no. it, it's not an unrealistic position at 10. It's just perhaps not my personal preference. And, and, and you're right. When I said players are too low, it's just because I value players completely different to how everyone else does. But that's why we do a consensus. Exactly. And it isn't just me ramming my <laughs> thoughts down your, down your ear canals. Well, that's it, yeah. And Wilson's had a fantastic career uh, for the Buckeyes. He's played in 32 games in three seasons, I believe it was. 143 receptions, 2,213 yards, 23 touchdowns. His production's been incredible. And it would have been even, it would have been higher this year if Chris Olave didn't come back. A lot of people were shocked that he decided to return for his super senior year. But even with Olave next to him with the all the other guys that have been around Wilson in his career at, at Buckeyes he's still performed week in week out and and has given us exceptional numbers and I'll be honest I don't I don't think I've seen a bad game from him in a Buckeyes jersey interesting number nine is an offensive tackle um that is a Charles Cross from Mississippi State now I'm a massive fan of Charles Cross He's only allowed two sacks in 12 games and 14 quarterback hurries in 2021-2022. He's, again, he's just been a mainstay of the Mississippi State line. He's not, again, really ever had a bad game. Allowed minimal sacks across his whole career, not only in, in 2021, but in all of his time at Mississippi State. He just seems to handle himself so well. And I think the the, the nine is justified for that he's not the top offensive lineman spoiler alert but I think we all know who the top offensive lineman is going to be but for me he is a top 10 player in this draft class um, and I'm not surprised that he he's landed at nine at eight we have another lineman however this time it is a center that is Tyler Lindenbaum from Iowa remember I spoke about earlier Iowa continue to produce players you've got Tyler Lindenbaum at number eight we've also got um, who did we speak about earlier I don't think we've... I'm sure we had another IO one in here. However, Tyler Lindenbaum is the best centre in college football and in the 2022 draft class. He's played... He made 33 starts at Iowa. He won the Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year this year, and he was a consensus All-American. Now, you'll hear me say that a lot as we get down these top tens because the majority of them are in there. The consensus All-American is awarded to the best player at each position. You've got the All-American team. You've also got the all the, the, the SEC teams, the all of the different conferences. But this is the consensus across the whole of college football, the best player in each position. Tyler Lindenbaum, centre from Iowa, was in the consensus All-American with 2021. He is the only player from Iowa in our top he 100. We've got Iowa player. State and yeah. Northern Iowa, but he's the only player from Iowa. Surprising. <sighs> Currently, yeah. But again, like I say, they continue to produce players, Iowa. Yeah. And uh, Lyndon Baum is a prime example of that. He, he's going to go, as well, in my opinion, as it shows here, he's going to be a top 10 pick. And 
he will probably be a day one starter at centre for someone. Number seven, George Karlofilitis, edge from Perjus. First one I've butchered there. I think that's pronounced Karloftis. Karloftis. Okay, uh, we'll go with yours. George Karloftis, <laughs> edge from Perju. <laughs> Another dominant edge. I think it's a running theme as we get uh, closer to the the number one here. Um, 26 games, 61 solo tackles, 36 assisted tackles, 29 tackles for loss, 14 sacks. He has missed time through injury. So being able to put those numbers up in his career at Purdue. When Purdue as well, up until this year, they haven't been one of the best teams, let's put it lightly. But Kaloftis has been one of the top performers week in, week out, without a doubt. And again, going to be another high pick. He's unfortunate the year that he's come, the year that he's come out, that there's a, there's a couple of other edges that have, uh, that have peaked in probably to the, uh, to the number one. Number six, uh, DeMarvin Leal, defensive lineman from Texas A&M. This guy is an absolute beast. Again, another consensus All-American for 2021. He's played 33 games in his career for Texas A&M, racked up 59 solo tackles, 74 assisted, 13 sacks and 25 tackle for loss. That is impressive for a defensive tackle to, to get 59 solos, 13 sacks, because they a lot of them have their own, they're like you've obviously got nose tackles that you, you don't see them getting sacks very much. But DeMarvin Leal is, is a freak of nature. He's an explosive, athletic defensive tackle. Again, whoever picks him up, and I mean, we're getting into players now. Any one of these realistically could go number one if the right team was there. We know who the number one the number one team is in the in the NFL draft now, but anyone from six to to one, maybe not the next one, just because of obviously health issues. But any of these next five guys really could well be the number one pick, starting with Demarvin Leal. Number five, the guy I'm a bit unsure of, but you can't argue his success in college football up until this season. Derek Stingley, cornerback from LSU, the top cornerback in the class, um, in our opinion, in our top 100 opinion. Um, He's had a couple of difficult seasons, um, 2021 in particular because of injuries, but of course, obviously LSU the last two years have had difficult seasons but apart from injuries Stingley has continued to impress 25 games in total for LSU 56 solo tackles six interceptions he was first team all SEC in his freshman year and sophomore year he was in the consensus all-american team in 2019 and of course the LSU team won the national championship in 2019 Stingley is an incredible talent despite the injury concerns all reports are pointing towards him being fully fit in time for the combine. I think if it wasn't for injuries, he'd probably be in more of a conversation as the top pick along that, like we had. Um, oh, I went to the Lions a couple of years ago. Um, Buckeye. Why well, can't I remember his name? Quarterback. <laughs> his name has gone from my head. He went number three. Yep, he did. Um, Give me a minute. Jeff Acuna. That's the one, Jeff Acuna. Jeff Acuna, yeah, he he would be in that. He'd be in that sort of conversation. Is it potentially a, t- a number one pick if it wasn't for the injuries and if it wasn't for how LSU performed? Because as much as we hate to see it, team performances do sometimes have an impact on on players. Probably more so to us than it, the actual NFL scouts. However, mm-hmm. 
you can't ex- you can't exclude that from consideration. But Stingley, whenever he touched the field, he he impressed. Uh, just barring injuries, I think has had an impact on him, unfortunately. But yet he still sits at number five. It just shows his his talent. Number four, Carl Hamilton, safety, Notre Dame. Again, as I say, this is a running theme. Just to, just a spoiler alert: everyone here now is the consensus All American in twenty twenty one at their position. <laughs> but Carl Hampton, Carl Hamilton for Notre Dame. 97 solo tackles, 41 assists, seven and a half tackles for loss, eight interceptions and a defensive touchdown in his career at Notre Dame. Obviously, he missed the bowl game this year. He decided to declare early and skip the bowl game. Best safety in the class, easily. In in conversation as the number one pick. Uh, As I say, it's a toss-up between any of these guys that we've been speaking about as who's going to go number one. It's a bit more clearer now we know who the number one is. However, there's still a conversation to be had for, for any of these guys. And Carl Hamilton is in that conversation. Best safety in the class. It's not often that you see a safety this highly rated. It's usually an underappreciated position when it comes to NFL, but there's no ignoring Carl Hamilton's potential ability already. If he lands in the right position, he's going to be a day one starter. Um, depending on where he lands, obviously. But, I mean, if he's going this high in the draft, he's going to be a day one starter, and I think he will impress from the outset. We're into our top three. It has been, when I say close between all of these, it's an understatement. They vary between all of us. The consensus, again, I mean, there's an argument for any of these three to be the number one, more so than any of the others we've spoken about. But coming in at number three, Evan Neal, offensive tackle from Alabama. He allowed only two sacks in over a thousand snaps <laughs> last year. Two, yeah, I know, I've, I've noticed it, but I've, I managed to correct it. Only two sacks in over a thousand snaps last year, and twenty-two quarterback pressures in two seasons. He averaged fewer than one quarterback pressure allowed in his in two seasons at Bama. Obviously, the top well, the top offensive lineman in the country this year. I mean, again, instant lock-in starter at left tackle wherever he lands in the NFL. Exceptional talent. And, yeah, I mean, I can't really say much more about him, to be honest with you. I think it's just, you just got to go and watch his tape. He dominates whoever he comes up against. Obviously, NFL. And watch his tape. Yeah, got to go and watch his tape. He's a shutout uh, um, tackle, left tackle I'm excited to see him next year. Coming up against NFL caliber edges is obviously going to be an experience for him, but I, I already feel he's going to be out of hand himself as a as a as a day one starter. And then probably more so now than it may have been six or so months ago, but one of the most spoken about conversations people are having at the moment, who is number one? It's a pair of edges. At number two for us currently in our top 100, we have Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. Now, for me, he is still the second best edge in the class. But this year, he has been uh, dominant throughout. And the awards that he's won this year just shows how dominant he's been this year. He was the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. He was in the All-American Consensus team. He won the Ronnie Lott Trophy, which is the trophy for the defensive impact player which and the, its impact is an acronym for integrity maturity performance academics community tenacity <laughs> so basically 
the performances on the pitch and everything he's done off of the pitch has, uh, has got him the Ronnie Lott Award. He won the Ted Hendricks Award, which is the best defensive end in college football. And he won the Lombardi Award, which is the best lineman, defensive lineman in college football. He's basically won almost every trophy, that, the award that can go to an individual player, barring the one that he was in contention for, the Heisman. But lights out season for not uh, for Michigan, lights out career, 85 solo tackles, 71 assists. The only thing missing, I wouldn't say missing because he's still got 17.5 sacks, but it's just been, yeah, dominant, dominant player. And along him in tandem with Ajoba this year, I mean, that was a frightening partnership up front. And I mean, they got to they got to the the playoffs on the back of that. When I, I mean, me personally, and, and I'm sure a lot of people, nowhere near expecting that from Michigan this year. But Hutchinson was a big, big part of that, and I think he's well within. It's 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 fair that he's in consideration for the number one overall pick, and and for a lot of people now, and, and where and, and where depending on where you look, he is the number one pick for. Uh, who is who is the number one pick? Is it like is it Jackson, Jackson again? Jackson again? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think now, I think when it was the Lions, it was more likely. But I mean, it, it, they're just going number one, in my opinion. It's just depending on on who you look at. Uh, Evan Neal is in consideration as the tackle, but I think realistically, it's going to be one of these two guys. Hutchinson for us overall is sat at number two, and at number one, I'm sure everyone has worked it out by now. But it's Kayvon Fibre, Edge from or- Oregon, thirty games, nineteen sacks. 84 tackles. He's he's out combined total assisted and solo. He's 100 and, uh, 126 tackles. Consensus All American. He's been the number one for well since last season. Um, obviously alongside Rattler before Rattler imploded. But mm-hmm. yeah, Fibado's potential is phenomenal. He's got He's got some flaws, as most of these guys do, but just the the potential that's there, what he's shown on the pitch for Oregon, yeah, I, I think it's a, a justified number one at the moment. Looking at majority of our individual ones, he is one or two for everybody. Yeah, he's either one or two for everybody, and obviously as a, as a result, he is he is one overall. Stocks is shaking his head. No. Disagree. I'd have him at three. My uh, my top four would yeah. be Evan, Evan Neal, Kyle Hamilton, Kayvon Thibodeau. And then I don't know whether I'd have Hutchinson at four or not. I'm not sure. He'd either be four or five with, with Stingley or... Yeah. Yeah, I just... Although he showed up in some games, Hutchinson, I'm, cons- I'm a bit concerned about he does go missing when he's absolutely needed. Um <laughs> But in a in a in a, in a it, it's not hugely apparent. But when he's needed in in those big games, he hasn't lived up to the hype. And I just wonder whether if he doesn't get paired with another edge like he did when he was at Michigan, will that hugely hinder his production? But as, as only time will tell. And I don't know what Jacksonville Jaguars' main need is right now. But having watched a little bit of people talking on Facebook groups and stuff. You got to keep Trevor Lawrence upright, and if you're going to do that, then you pick Evan Neal. Yeah, and I think oh, yeah, I alluded to that earlier. I think now now the Jags are the number one pick. Evan Neal could well be the the decision, and I, me personally, I, I wouldn't argue with that. I think Ev, Evan Neal is is well within his right, and and 
to be the number one pick alongside Kyle Hamilton and then also Hutchinson and Fibido for me. I think there are all four of these you could put at number one and I don't think many people would complain. They, they're they all lock and loaded starters ready to go. Yeah. I agree with you on Hutchinson that he just that he he can disappear at times in games and he's obviously had a Joba next to him but I think just his overall the the strengths outweigh the weaknesses in his overall game but um yeah I yeah, mean this right. is gonna this is gonna look widely different in in a month to two months time as the our long term listeners will know we did top one hundred last year we did. I think we did three or four different editions across from from January up until right up until the draft, and barring the top guys, it it, it changed dramatically, and I, I can see the same happening again this year as as people start to come up from watching the tape and the senior bowl, the the individual pro days, the combine. This is just our first initial reaction from the season and from the players individually that we've that we've seen over the last couple of years and we will get into the players from 100 to 11 in the player profiles and in future episodes as we as we get more deep dive into positional players players from conferences this is just a a brief view of all of these players that we wanted to uh, we wanted to get out to you guys Absolutely. Ash, when's too early for a mock draft? Like a live podcast mock draft? It's never too early for a a mock draft. Because I've I've had a couple of people message me saying really enjoyed the live first round mock draft we did last year. So we need to to get involved with that. I reckon we could. So everything outside of the playoffs, well, uh, the divisional rounds is now set in terms of the... the, um, the draft isn't it so i reckon we could probably do one in a couple of weeks time maybe even next week if 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 people are feeling lucky if you're feeling lucky but, um, <laughs> yeah. i'm assuming there's, there's a game tonight nfl roulette wise right maybe there is one more game rams cardinals i believe is the final game of the wild card is it not how did the steelers do against the chiefs Ash? i haven't genuinely haven't you generally haven't, or you just try. No, I, I honestly haven't um, seen. Yeah, yeah, didn't go well. Mahomes had a field day. Scored oh. five five touchdowns in twelve minutes or something like that. What? Forty two twenty one. It finished. Good. I'm gonna have to go and watch that. That sounds. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Mahomes five touchdowns in twelve minutes. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. Apologies for asking. I mean, <laughs> no, no, I, I'll be completely honest with you. I was expecting us to lose. I was just pleased that we got into the playoffs because it wasn't looking likely um, a few weeks ago. We got in there. Chiefs were always going to be a um, a tall order, and yeah. that was apparent from from the outset. They, uh, yeah, they 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 dismantled us, unfortunately. Uh, oh well. TJ, always... TJ Watt still played well though, so that's good. That's Defense, that's defensive player of the year. Come on. Got to be, surely. Has to be. I saw a really good, interesting article on why he should be NFL MVP because Mm. when he plays for the Steelers, the Steelers are a different team. So when he doesn't play, they're dreadful. And when he plays, they're not as bad. So, yeah. I would love to see that happen. Interesting. Yeah, never going to happen, is it? Never. It's the the QVP, not the MVP. Exactly that. Exactly that. Well, 
there was a, as Ash said, a brief look into our top 100. If there is interest from the staff for the mock draft next week, maybe we should crash into that. Let's see mm-hmm. how the uh, week chat goes on the group before then. But it's not like we won't have a podcast for you next week, Rush Nation. There will be a podcast. It might be a mock. It might not. We'll see how it goes. Ash, fantastic to have you back, mate. Honestly, please do yeah. back. Love don't, to be back. Don't uh, sign up for a mock draft next week and then not be available because that would be absolute murder. But <laughs> we we should point out that... Well, I say we should point out. Time st- it's not hugely time-specific what we're doing now, is it, Ash? Because we are, because of Ash's battles into Middle Earth, we are recording this on a Monday night and we're debating on whether to get it out on a Wednesday or a Monday night. So if you have a preference, Rush Nation, and you are listening, and you would rather hear us on a Monday rather than a Wednesday, hit us up at Five Yard College or Five Yard Rush uh, at gmail.com. Let us know if you have a preference on day, and we can release it whenever you feel fit, because it's draft season, so we can be a little bit more flexible with release times and stuff. How does that sound, partner? Sounds great, yeah. All over that. Good stuff. Well, we'll dive into the mock draft cavern and see what happens to us, Nation. Don't forget, head over to the website for the articles, fiveyardrush.co.uk. Fantasy season has finished, but there is still loads of dynasty stuff going on right now towards the draft. The Five Yard College boys will be making an appearance sooner or later on Five Yard Dynasty, so look out for that if you're interested in your offensive players for your fantasy teams. But otherwise, that's it for another Monday. It's uh, It feels weird to say Monday and not Wednesday because we did Wednesdays for a while, but the top 100 was fun. I need to get involved. I'm going to go and start doing it now because I did the top four on the fly there, Ash, but it's going to take me a little longer than that because once we get to the defensive players, I sort of have to have a read about and, and watch. Wow. Them. You'll have a bit You'll have a bit of an easier time now because, the, as I say, the, the, the cut-off for decla- declaration is today and just today, so for insight for our listeners... Uh, we had to change about six or seven players that have, uh, that have all, all declared and people missed or have only just declared. So yeah, once that's done, that would be that would be great. If people could stop declaring, that would be or stop going back to school, should I say? That would be fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely, Rush Nation. It's been a blast as always. Saturdays are for rushing too. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.